from the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome to the world according to Wikipedia, the podcast that explores the weird, wonderful, and baffling world of Wikipedia, the people who write it, and what makes them tick. With me, Fanula, and me, Rebecca. episode we're going to be talking to Dame Rosie Stevenson Goodnight. What a name. The founder of Wiki Project Women in Red. So what is a Wiki Project I hear you ask. Well you hear me ask because I don't actually know. So Rebecca what is a Wiki Project? Uh, so a Wiki Project is a group of editors with a common theme of articles they like to work on. This can be geographic like Wiki Project Ireland by discipline like Wiki Project Geology or Wiki Project Mathematics or thematic like Wiki Project Architecture or even Wiki Project Star Trek. Oh, the nerd within me. Oh, there's like Wiki Project, The Gathering, Magic the Gathering, the whole lot. Uh, a Wiki Project allows individual editors to coordinate and collaborate on content that they might find mutually interesting. So you have a fighting chance of finding somebody with some commonality to you. So you can make friends. Exactly. Uh-huh. So Women in Red is one of these kind of Wiki Projects. Exactly. Ideas. Okay. How did it start? Or maybe more accurately, why did it start? Yes. So Women in Red is a project that its modus operandi is to write more articles about or relevant to women. Their work, I suppose women's culture, basically anything related to the lived experience of women and or non-binary people. The name comes from the fact that you see a red link on Wikipedia. It means that the article doesn't exist yet. Okay. And women are more likely to be read than men. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So if I, if you've ever done this, if you're on Wikipedia, you hit a red link and it'll prompt you to say, well, this page doesn't exist. Would you like to start it? Ah, I have never, never really clicked on a red link. So I will, I will do so from now on. I might by the end of this podcast, folks. You never know. And then one of those things. So the explicit aim of Women in Red is to turn these links blue by writing those articles. And what I can say is very cool is that I was in the room uh, at Wikimania, the conference for Wikimedians in Mexico in 2015 when Women in Red was announced to the world. For all of the details of how that came to be, we will let Rosie tell that. Wow, I'm I'm kind of vicariously impressed, but no, vicariously is probably the wrong word, but I am impressed that you were in, in the room. It sounds impressive. It yeah, sounds. weirdly enough, I didn't realise, I mean, I, I knew that I was there, I remember the presentation, but for some reason it didn't twig with me that it didn't exist up until that point. I was like, wow. Yeah. Something about the Mexican air, obviously, was uh, I was not firing at all cylinders. Um, so with this, like, I presume you were involved in some way with Women in Red. So how do you pick a what woman to work on? Like, how, what? What do you do? So I tend to focus uh, pretty much exclusively on Irish women or women from Ireland or people who've, you know, women who've had an influence or who've worked in Ireland. Um, and I usually have to say I write historical entries. So people who are who are long since passed. Uh, so you get a good obituary or a good write-up about somebody. Um, but I have written, especially this year with everything that's been going on, uh, I have focused on, I suppose, contemporary um, okay. women in Ireland. So like uh, Denise Jalla. Mm-hmm. Um, and a Bon Joseph, people like that. Okay, cool. And I'm presuming with the historical stuff, there's more there's difficulties in getting information. Yeah, yeah. The main problem is finding sources to cite. And if you've ever edited Wikipedia, that's the main thing that you need. You you can't just write things because you know them. You have mm-hmm. to have your source that you cite. So women and other minorities. I always feel weird saying that women are minorities. They're fifty percent of the. They're more than 50% of the world. But anyway, um, they don't tend to be written about in books, newspapers and journals as much as their white male contemporaries. And, you know, this means that when you go to write your article about a woman, you're already at a disadvantage. How does it work in Ireland? Because you were saying you focus mostly on on women in or connected to Ireland. Um, Are there many Irish women or non-binary people on the list? Oh, yes. So women in red have lots of lists. They have lists by discipline, lists by where the person was born, uh, lists by decade. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you can kind of get into 
the red lists, as they're referred to in all sorts of different ways. But with, um, if you're talking about kind of looking at it this, this way, there are kind of two questions there. So we have lists of Irish women in red, people who are tagged as being born in Ireland uh, or having citizenship of okay. Ireland. But not all of them might have enough sources to actually write the article. So they might have been kind of flagged, uh, these lists not to get too complicated, they come from Wikidata and somebody might have an entry on Wikidata but that doesn't necessarily mean that they've reached the bar of a Wikipedia article quite yet. They wouldn't be included in an encyclopedia because there wouldn't be enough information. Yeah, exactly. But they've been they've appeared in Wikidata because they're in like a, an academic, a database of academics or something like that. So they have a Wikidata item created about them which has like identifiers and all the lovely databasey stuff and will link outwards to specific databases but may not reach the bar of a, of a whole article, especially on English language Wikipedia where just the, the bar is just that bit higher. Um, the second problem obviously is unknown unknowns. So if women are hard to find information on in the first place, it's hard to know the ones that are missing. There is a whole body of work happening within the wider kind of Wikimedia research circle trying to map knowledge gaps. So how do we actually know what we don't know and what, well we acknowledge what we already know isn't there but how do we find the stuff that we don't know isn't there? The last to time, you know. Yeah, or equally that it's just niche information or it's knowing that a particular database or a particular corpus you know, like in a, you know, all the kind of anthologies of women scientists or women writers or women poets. Um, but if it's a really specialised publication, you and I, you know, kind of... We don't know about it. Exactly, exactly. Um, but I presume this is less of a problem with women who are alive and kicking who are around now. Like, we have more information on them. Unfortunately not. Oh, um, so disappointing. Yes. I mean, you will find lots of, I suppose, if you Google somebody, you might find lots of information, but it probably comes from their LinkedIn or their social media or um, a blog, which isn't, you know, a suitable source for Wikipedia. So just like you have the problem of like panels, so panels that on talk shows and conferences and other venues, the default tends to be white male contributors. This bleeds into what we get written about in newspaper articles and other news coverage that women just aren't written about as the main subject of these pieces. So basically, women don't tend to get written about uh, or the subject of any kind of source material that you need for Wikipedia until they have done something generally really massive. So like win a Nobel. Or not win a Nobel. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Or win a Nobel and then there's loads of news coverage about the fact that they're not on Wikipedia. Yeah. (laughs) I see your point there. So they they need to be notable to be on Wikipedia. But then as soon as they become notable, people are going, well, why, why weren't they noted before? Yes. And this is the thing that Wikipedia is is an uncomfortable mirror in that way because Wikipedia isn't creating these biases. It's reflecting them back to us. So that is deeply uncomfortable. But it's not Wikipedia that's causing the problem necessarily. If the New York Times and the Irish Times and and, uh, the Times of India or whoever it is aren't writing about uh, women who are possibly doing amazing work within these countries, then you can't blame Wikipedia for not knowing and not writing about them. Yes. Although, again, everybody has their own internal biases, so people aren't looking for those articles to write, you know. Yeah, and also if you think about Wikipedia, it's your spare time. Yeah. And if you're not particularly interested in writing biographies about women, who's going to make you? you Yes, it's true. I will make you. We're going to take a quick break now to hear a little bit about one of the other fantastic shows on the Headstuff Podcast Network. I'm Connor Reid with words to that effect. How do the Victorians invent time? Where do all those pirate cliches come from? Should we all read romance novels? Why are kids so obsessed with dinosaurs? What makes the perfect detective story? We just have to go and solve this crime ourselves. What happens to culture and society in a post-apocalyptic world where everything has stopped? 
words to that effect tell stories of the fiction that shapes popular culture. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts and at wttepodcast.com. And now, back to the show. Each episode, we're going to look at a random Wikipedia rule. Last time, we looked at the, the pillars of Wikipedia. So what the it is. The not rules. The not rules. What it is, what it definitely, unmovably is. This time, we're going to look at what Wikipedia is not. Mm-hmm. Also known as, welcome to the world of Wikipedia acronyms, WP colon not. Tech speak there. Yes, definitely. Yes. In a nutshell. And we do love, if you go to any of these policy documents, we do literally have a section right up the top with a little cute little picture of a nut saying, this page in a nutshell, because too long didn't read, uh, has been on the internet for so long. So Wikipedia is a digital encyclopedia and therefore does not aim to contain all data or expression found elsewhere. Uh, sorry? Uh, <laughs> I don't exactly understand what you mean. You might, I mean, the too long didn't read is a little bit too short. Give me context. Okay. So what this means is Wikipedia is not a dictionary, publisher of original thought, soapbox, repository, blog, social network, memorial site, directory, manual, guidebook, textbook, scientific journal, newspaper, indiscriminate collection of information, censored, and it is not a crystal ball. Uh-huh. So what you're saying is it's an encyclopedia. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Bringing back my childhood memories of leafing through uh, uh, encyclopedias because I was that child. I have leafed figuratively through the pages of Wikipedia. Oh, the blue link chasing. Yes. Yes, especially when you're watching something and you're like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Who's that guy? And then you're like, oh, he was in this show. Oh, I remember that show. Ooh, who was his co-star? And then yes. you've missed the entire plot of whatever it is you were watching. It Basically, Wikipedia allows you to do the six... Um, degrees of Kevin Bacon for everybody. Yeah. But you can see if you look at all of these things, you know, the published original thought, the memorial site, you can see why certain content doesn't quite make it. Mm-hmm. You know, because just because somebody is important to say like a family or a locality doesn't necessarily mean that they're important enough to, to be, on Wikipedia. be on Wikipedia. If they aren't in the world book, they may not be also on Wikipedia. Yeah. Or if you can kind of think, okay, is somebody halfway across the world going to think that this is nearly as important as I do? I, I see what you're saying, but also they don't need to be important to somebody halfway around the world if they're important to Ireland, for example, or if they're... Yes, you know. and that's why, you know, when it comes to... And we will discuss notability, we will throw forward to our notability um, podcast at some point, um, that these things are not black and white. Mm-hmm. There are arguments to be had and there are different interpretations. And that's part of why Wikipedia... You know, for some people works quite well and other people not so much. But the idea that you can discuss these things and hash them out and have a conversation about them and come to a consensus. Yes, that's good. Sounds that's, nice. It sounds, <laughs> sounds like that's the, uh, what was it in the the pillars last week? Be cordial? Oh, assume good faith. Assume good faith, yes. Yes, uh, conduct yourself in a respectful manner. Yes. yes. As I said to some students yesterday, basically, there's a person behind that username. Don't be a dick. And now we're going to talk to Rosie. Rosie is a long-time Wikipedia editor, a dame, and Wikipedian of the Year for 2016. Hi, everyone. 
I'm Rosie Stevenson Goodnight, and I'm so happy to be here on this podcast. A um, little bit about me. I'm a visiting scholar at Northeastern University in Boston, Massachusetts, where I fo focus on pre-20th century uh, transatlantic English language women writers broadly construed. I am also the 2016 Co-Wikipedian of the Year with Emily Templewood. We were the first women to be selected for that honor. And um, great that it was the two of us who do similar kind of work that were honored in 2016 in that way. And in 2018, partially because of the work that I do on Wikipedia, I was knighted by Serbia, um, which is my ancestry. So that's a little bit about me. Wow. Well, it's 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 a lot of credentials and credentials that you've um, amassed quite recently. So with that in mind, um, how and, and why uh, did you start editing Wikipedia specifically? So it was June 4th, 2007. I was visiting my younger son, Sean, who was off at work. I was sitting in his apartment in San Francisco. And at the time I was a telecommuter. And so when the day started getting long and I had finished the work that I was doing, I did what lots of people do. I started Googling this, that, and the other. And one thing I Googled was Book League of America, which is a publisher whose books I collect. I'm a bibliophile. I collect old books. Doesn't necessarily mean that I read them, but I collect them. Anything published before 1950. And when I Googled Book League of America, I found some um, websites that mentioned it or talked about this uh, defunct publisher. But there was no article on Wikipedia, which just seemed weird to me. You know, at the time, 2007, I thought Wikipedia had an article about everything. So I went into Wikipedia itself and I Googled Book League of America and there was nothing. And then I thought, well, I had typed everything lowercase. Maybe I needed to be appropriate with my capitalization. So I tried again. And no, there still wasn't anything. And I looked, did I misspell something? Finally, it just dawned on me, there's no article in Wikipedia about Book League of America. And at that very moment, it dawned on me that my son, Sean, whose apartment I was sitting in, had showed me when he was in the Peace Corps in the Ukraine a year or so previously, two years previously, he had edited a article on Wikipedia about the city where he was stationed. And he had showed me this thing called Edit History, where you can see the history of every article and the username, who made the edit, and exactly what their edit was, and a date timestamp. This was something I had no idea even existed, but he had showed that to me. And I thought, you know what? If Sean could be sitting in Ukraine a couple of years earlier and he learned on his own how to edit Wikipedia, I bet I could figure it out too. And so I did. I created a username, which was my real name. And then I wrote, created the article Book League of America. And if you check, it still exists. And it's certainly been improved over the years since 2007. But yeah, that's how I got started. I There was something that wasn't there and I decided to take a chance and create it. And yeah, like I said, it's still there. So I guess I must have done something right. To a certain extent, the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> But how long was it before you noticed that there was uh, a significant gender gap 
uh, on Wikipedia? Took me five years. So for the first five years from 2007 to 2012, I created um, articles about all sorts of different things, lakes and rivers and streams, um, promontories and peaks and islands and islets of Nunavut, hundreds of these articles that were missing about Nunavut, Canada. Not that I'd ever been there, just it interested me. And then I created articles about places in Asturias, Spain, and articles about churches and monasteries and nunneries, and lots of biographies about men, because it's low-hanging fruit. There's so much information about historical men. It's just really easy to create them. And if you're like me, and I became addicted to creating articles very quickly within a couple of months, it was just fun to create articles where they didn't exist, as long as, of course, the article met the requirements of notability and reliable sources. And I um, have a background in academia. And so, of course, I understood academic writing. I understood encyclopedic art, article writing. And so I didn't have any problem. My articles weren't deleted or, you know, they didn't have all those tags on them that something might be wrong. But about five years later in 2012, March 2012, a group of editors, those of us who'd been kind of like veterans, we'd been around a while, we decided that in March 2012, for Women's History Month, that we would kind of stop the different things we'd been doing and we would just write biographies about women. We thought, oh, this would be fun. We haven't done that before. Just concentrating on women. Huh, okay, let's do it. So we did. And we were pretty amazed when those articles started showing up on the main page of English Wikipedia in the section called, Did You Know? So I had been a prolific editor of articles that were showing up on the main page in the Did You Know section. In fact, no women had created more of these articles than me. But I hadn't really noticed that there were mostly men's biographies showing up there. But that month, March 2012, when we started getting women's biographies in there, it dawned on me, huh, I don't think we've had so many women's biographies before. And I set out to count them. And I did. I counted them for the whole year. And I don't have that number now, but I remember this piece of paper where I was writing down, you know, in this column, man's biography, and this one, a woman's. And it was such a discrepancy. We got through March 2012, and we stopped writing biographies about women. We went back to doing what we wanted to do, writing articles about this, that, and the other. But that year in 2012, in the month, I don't know if I have the month handy, um, Emily Temple Wood created a wiki project dedicated to women scientists. I'm not sure if she did that on the heels of having um, what we had done in the month of March, or if something else kind of spurred her on. She was at time in um, university uh, studying sciences. And so she created this new wiki project. We had lots of wiki projects by 2012, but none that was dedicated just to some specific women, um, to women in general or a women's occupation in particular. So she created Wiki Project Women Scientists. And Wiki Project Women Scientists focuses on creating more biographies about women scientists and improving the articles that already exist about women scientists. 
following year, 2013, we went back in March to doing what we had done the year before, and we started creating a lot more biographies about women during Women's History Month. Um, and more people had joined us by this time, and we felt really good about that. And later in that year, in um, 2013, Sarah Stierch created Wiki Project Women Artists. And fast forward another year, March 2014, a lot more people and a lot more articles were created during Women's History Month focused on women's biographies. And again, we were that filling up the, that did you know section on English Wikipedia regarding women's biographies. Uh, I think we started kind of really tuning into there's a problem here. We started looking through categories and seeing like if you went to the category of um, biologists, you would see all these men's names and very few women's names. You know, most of us recognize even at the time that society seemed to write more about men than women. But when did it really dawn on us on Wikipedia? It's like I said, I guess 2012, 2013, 2014. Later that year in 2014, I created Wiki Project Women Writers. I did that because I'm a writer. I'm an encyclopedist. My mom was a published writer. My grandmother was a published writer. And it seemed like there were all these women writers and their works, you know, the poems they wrote, the um, essays they wrote, the novels they wrote, the nonfiction works they wrote. We were missing these articles and somebody needed to you know, focus on that, just like we were starting to focus on women artists and women scientists. So with some encouragement from women friends, I created that and it's had a huge impact. And when I say huge impact, it's things like we can look and see the number of articles that have been created since the inception of something. Um, I'm looking right now, women Wiki Project Women Writers has just over 53,000 articles in its scope. Wiki Project Women Artists has 14,000 plus articles. Wiki Project Women Scientists has almost 16,000 articles. The numbers were minuscule before we started kind of focusing on these individual occupations. So this is September 2014 when I created Wiki Project Women Writers. And by December, we saw for the first time an academic article that gave us a number. Overall, what percentage of um, biographies on English Wikipedia were about women? Before December 2014, we'd never seen that number. We could look at categories and see that there were fewer women's names than men's, but there was no number before that. Well, the number was 15.5%. The number used a uh, the database from DBpedia that had been um, published in October 2014. So 15.5% as of October 2014. Now we flip the calendar and we go into 2015. And in February 2015, a Wikipedia editor who goes by Victuallers, he's a British gentleman, someone who every year in March, just like me, would stop and would concentrate on writing women's biographies. He left a note on my page and he said, look, I'm thinking about proposing a session 
for this international conference called Wikimania, where we could talk about what we've been doing. We see there are so few women's biographies versus men's. And, you know, we kind of stop what we're doing in the month of March. Do you want to work on this proposal with me? I'm not sure it's going to be accepted, but do you want to work on it? He said something like, you don't have to knock the doors wide open. Come on in if you want to do this with me. And it took me a nanosecond before I replied and said, yes, I'm all in. We were very lucky in that our proposal was accepted. And during the few months that we had before we did, you know, went to Wikimania in Mexico City in July 2015, we had a few months to kind of talk through how we would structure our slide deck. During that time, we decided not only are we going to talk about the gender gap, the missing, the content gender gap, the missing articles, why don't we start up a wiki project where we focus on it, not just women's writers or women artists or women scientists, not trying to improve the articles. What differentiated this project that we called, that we announced on that stage, Women in Red, was that we would focus on creating new articles, not improving articles. We would focus on doing only online events, so like other projects, very often you can be in Dublin or Paris or New York City or somewhere else in the world where people get together to work on, um, you know, edit-a-thons, work on creating articles, improving articles. What we would do would be online. And the third thing that differentiated us is Roger's a gentleman and I'm a woman. We decided that our project doesn't care who you are. We don't care who the editor is, just write the articles. And at first we thought just women's biographies, but we've expanded it within a month or two. It went from just women's biographies to women's works, broadly construed. So the essays, like I said, the essays they wrote, the schools they founded, the sculptures they sculpted, the conferences they convened. I love writing articles about women's conferences, especially conferences that were convened before we had something like the internet. And then the third part uh, would be biographies, the works, and then women's issues, things like women's health, women's suffrage. We thought when we're standing on, well, I'm standing on the stage, July 2015, talking about Women in Red. Roger is Skyped in. He was teaching at the time, and so he couldn't get away. And so here we are, these three big screens, and his face is there. We're talking about this new project we're founding, and we think, aha, we're going to have 15 minutes of fame. People are going to want to write women's biographies for about 15 minutes. This is the month of July. Who writes women's biographies in the month of July? Especially because we're not going to get together in in London or you know Washington, D.C. or Tokyo to sit around and talk about this. We're doing everything online. 15 minutes, that's about all we're going to have. And we were wrong. We were wrong. People started in that first month, we created over we, the community, Humanity created something over a thousand articles. And now fast forward to, um, where are we? October, 2020. And I thought I had that number pulled up for you. I do. We've created over 131,000 articles on just English Wikipedia. And we are now a 25 language community. Well, thank you so much, Rosie. It was absolutely an absolute delight to talk to you. Thank you.
she's fascinating. Oh, she is an utter joy and her enthusiasm is absolutely infectious. And she is just, um, you know, if you meet her at conferences and that, like she's just, she knows everybody and she remembers everybody's name and she's just one of those people that's just, you know, she's relaxing but also so engaging to be around. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you ever have a chance to meet her. I do hope you introduce us. Yes. At some point. Yes. She, she hopefully it's, you know, at some point in the future, uh, like so many people uh, in the States, she does have Irish roots uh, with Wicklow. So hopefully. You'll you'll entice her. Entice her over. Yeah. Very good. And uh, to anybody listening to this podcast, there is so much more to the interview than you have heard. So cue cue plug and throw forward to bonus content coming your way. So in the last episode, we talked about the wiki hero about the Scots uh, language and this episode we're going to look at a different wiki hero not necessarily a wiki hero but an interesting side effect of Wikipedia in the world for this episode the hero is a bit of research a group of researchers have found that if you target pages about places like cities or cultural sites and expand and improve those articles you can see an uptick in tourism in those places which results in more revenue for that area yeah so this research was published um, last year I believe and was under the title uh, Wikipedia Matters And in it, the researchers look at articles relating to places in Spain, and they chose them randomly, and demonstrated that even small improvements to an article could result in an increase in hotel sales in that area of 9%, which translated into quite a lot of revenue for the area. So they took the Spanish content, and without any expert input, they improved it and translated that content into English, German, Italian, and Dutch. So targeting the countries that would be going to Spain on holiday. Exactly. In general. Yeah. Yeah, that are more likely to, to, to visit other European destinations. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So there was some pushback, interesting, on, on Dutch Wikipedia. So what happened was, you know, these kind of band of, of researchers did a flurry of edits, like, you know, expanding and adding and things like that, which actually kind of riled a little bit <laughs> the, uh, the Dutch editing community. So the team did have a lot of their edits reverted, which means that you had kind of reversed, removed. And some of them were actually banned from editing. Oh, wow. So this is not an invitation for everybody who works in a tourist office to suddenly flood uh, their Wikipedia with less than ideal content. And also there's a certain amount of please talk to other your your Wikipedia community before you suddenly dump a load of content uh, into their language. Uh-huh. So I remember this is, again, throwback to the last episode. Wikipedia is a neutral point of view. So no upselling an area, if you know what I mean. You can't kind of say an area is fabulous without having backup, which means that now Wikipedia ent- the Wikipedia entry for Fibsborough can actually legitimately be called cool or hip or hot or whatever it is people are co- talking about. Uh, Fibsborough these days because of the Time Out article which put it in the top 50. Yes, um, top 50 coolest places to live. Yes. I mean, I live just down the road from Fibsborough and Fibsborough is pretty, it's pretty cool but also... Hmm. Yes, have yeah. these people been to Fibsborough? Have they seen that shopping centre? Oh, it's a brutalist ma- masterpiece <laughs> and, and you know it. Um, yeah, so basically I think what happened here is not necessarily that the content was poor but um, there is a thing on Wikipedia where a lot of Wikipedians are kind of against anything that, that looks or spells like paid editing. Okay. So as if somebody's being paid, remunerated in any way for their time for editing Wikipedia. Um, and that's quite a strong, I wouldn't say dividing line, but there are definitely Wikipedians that feel stronger about it than others. Okay. Know, like all these kind of philosophical divides. And there are ones that really feel very strongly against it, that this is volunteer driven, people do this in their spare time. And by adhering to that, you remove any of those kind of quiet biases that might creep in, you know, that people are kind of motivated to write about certain content and not others through mm-hmm. through how they're paid and who's paying them. Okay. So that's probably, I'd say, 
it was probably less to do with the content and more to do with the, the motivation behind it was the, the uh, okay. So this is like a, you've got to make sure that you're not, again, you're not upselling an area, that you're not kind of doing it for yeah. monetary gain. This is a pure pursuit of knowledge. Exactly. And that was the world according to Wikipedia. Join us in two weeks. You can like and subscribe to your podcast player of choice and follow us on Twitter at world underscore Wikipedia. Go to headstuff.org for show notes and more information. I just wanted to do a spelling bee just to be able to say that. I mean, I'm shit at spelling, but I'm like, could you use it in a sentence, please? This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.